Well, today we are concluding our message series that we've been on the last two months called This Is Us. And uh, what a journey we've been on as a church as we've looked at uh, very critical and important topics to our congregation and things that, that we hold dear, values that we hold dear, and basically saying, hey, this is us. This is what we believe and teach and confess as a church. And now I said this week one, but I want to say it on this final week as well. Uh, you've kind of heard it uh, in the installation today, but we are a Lutheran church. In fact, we're connected to the denomination, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And so we're in fellowship with other churches in our area, as well as our, uh, our district, which is the state of Michigan, the United States, and then literally all over the world. And so as we've gone through these topics, as we talked about communion and we've talked about worship, we've talked about faith and how God chooses us and we don't choose him. And even today, as we look at this topic of prayer, all of these are in line with what we believe, not just in our local congregation, but as an entire church body. And so it's really important that we understand that today. Um, and so that's really the goal of this. And today we're going to tackle a pretty interesting topic, pretty interesting subject on prayer. Now, I want you to know I have 25 minutes to tackle this, all right? Prayer is a huge thing. There's lots of different opinions out there. And so really, I just want to let you know up front, um, this is just kind of laying the foundation of what we believe is a church on prayer. I, obviously, I'm not going to be able to get to everything um, that's in the Bible. In fact, if you, if you did a simple search, you would learn this about prayer in the Bible. There's actually 650 prayers listed in the Bible. There's 450 recorded answers to prayer in the Bible. Jesus prayed 25 different times, one of them being the Lord's Prayer that he gave his disciples. Uh, even the Apostle Paul, who we read from a lot here at Shepherd's Gate, he wrote a lot of letters in the New Testament, uh, he mentions prayer or some type of prayer thing at least 41 times in his letter to all the churches that he wrote to. So we know that prayer is a very important thing to the heartbeat of our God. He is definitely has that from one end to the other, and it's so important for us to understand what it is that we believe. And so maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, wow, you know, honestly, I don't know if I pray that much and, you know, I, I kind of forget to pray or maybe you're intimidated to pray. And I'm hoping today is going to be an encouragement to you to begin that daily conversation with God. See, so often, I guess if you just start at the beginning, you just ask the question, well, what is prayer? And it's kind of interesting when you think about prayer is like this universal human practice it's found in almost every culture and every language, uh, even in different religions of the world. Even people that don't believe in God somehow end up having some form of prayer that we do. See, for us as believers in Jesus, we believe the reason that people are drawn to pray or drawing to want to connect with a higher being is because there's a void in our lives that God has actually put there. That God has written his law on our hearts and that he's constantly pursuing all men. He died for all men. He's constantly pursuing all men to himself. He wants all of us to be in relationship with him. But see, we also believe it is God that calls us to faith in Jesus. It's not by our own works. It's by the power of God that we have the ability to believe in God and come to faith in him. And whether that's in, in our baptism or whether it's in hearing the word of God and responding and receiving that incredible gift that he has for us. And so as a believer in Jesus, prayer becomes this inseparable form of our spiritual life. It becomes the heartbeat, really, truly, of our faith. It's this constant, ongoing, daily thing that we're engaged in with our God. 
And you might be wondering, well, why do we pray? Why do we pray? Because, you know, maybe you've heard in the Bible where it says, well, God knows everything that's going to happen before it happens. He knows our thoughts. He knows our words. He knows the intent of our hearts. Why do we need to pray if he already knows everything about us? And it's this simple. It's because he invites us to pray, but he also commands us to pray in his word. And so here's just a couple of examples. There's way more than these, but there's a, here's just a couple of examples. In Matthew 6, Jesus actually said this, and when you pray, like he's assuming that everyone is already in an active prayer life. Or in Romans, be faithful in prayer. Or pray without ceasing. Or present your request to God. Devote yourselves to prayer. And so he invites us to bring our requests before him, to lay the burdens of our heart at his feet. And so really my first point this morning, ready for this? This is profound, ready? The first point this morning is this, is that prayer, what we do is we bring our request and the request of others before God. That God wants us to tell him what is going on in our lives. That he wants us to tell him, like, here's the struggles that I'm going with, and here's the things that are going well, and here's the things that I really, I want to invite you into this situation because I need some advice or I need some, you know, I need some more um, wisdom and guidance in this area of my life. And not only can we pray for ourselves, does he want us to pray for ourselves, he wants us to pray for others. He wants us to engage in this with others And so we're going to look at that today as we look at our main text, which is Romans chapter 8, and uh, it's on page 944. So we're going to look at our chair Bible. So you can grab a chair Bible that's right in front of you, page 944, or if you have your own Bible, Romans chapter 8. If you have a Bible app on your phone, you're more than welcome to do that as well. And you're going to see how this plays out. And these words today, as I read through this text, and it's it's a little bit longer text, but you're going to be encouraged by the words that God speaks to us this morning through his word. So Romans chapter eight, verse one, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, that's good news for us. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his only son in the likeness of our sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. That is what we have. For the life that is set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And then I want you to see the change that he's talking about, because that was all of us. We were dead in our sins. We were lost in our ways. And it says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, think about this, the spirit of who who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Verse 12, so then brothers, we are debtors, Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. 
For you did not receive, think about what God gave us here, the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, what we sang about in our offering song this morning. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. See, there it is right there. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He confirms it in our heart. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, providing we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And so we have this incredible opportunity to come to God with our request, both our personal request and the request of others. And he tells us in this passage, the reason that we're even able to pray to God is because he's already given us faith. He's already claimed us as his own. And now we're responding to him. We're crying out and we have this opportunity to cry out to Abba Father, to our Father who is in heaven. You know, last year, um, when I was doing my tours and I was going around and visiting different small groups here at Shepherd's Gate, I went to this one group in particular and it was kind of interesting to see how they actually functioned their small group. And so we were all in the living room together, which is how most of the groups meet. And they all got out these journals to start and they opened them up and they went through the prayer request that they had said to each other two weeks earlier at their last meeting. And so they were checking in and they were kind of checking up, well, how's this person and how's this person and how's this situation going? And then when they were done doing that, they went around the circle and they said, well, are there any new prayer requests that any of you have? And they said, oh, this coworker here, or, you know, my family member here, or, you know, I'm personally dealing with this right here. And they all began to write down all of the prayer requests together. And then guess what they did? They went and ate ice cream. No, what did they do? They prayed. They went around the circle and they prayed. And I thought, man, what an incredible opportunity for people to come together to care for each other, to lift each other up in prayer. And if your small group doesn't do that, hey, maybe that would be an incredible example of something that you guys could do together. One of the things uh, some of you might know that happened here at Shepherd's Gate is we have a team of people that actually show up. I know you're the 1130 people, so this is going to be really hard to hear, right? They show up at 730. And the only reason they come is to pray. And the first thing they do is whoever the preaching pastor is, whether it's me or John or Craig, we go into the prayer room and they lay hands on us and they pray over us. And it is such a huge blessing for us because we come in, we're fatigued, we're tired, we're insecure, we're wondering, you know, are we going to make sense this morning? I got everything straight. And I can tell you that we leave with such peace because we have prayed over the situation. And then they walk around the church and they prayer walk the church before we have a prayer time here before the 8.30 service starts. They're an incredible blessing. God calls us to pray and to lift our requests before him. But here's where it can get confusing. Here's where you gotta kinda understand what it is that we believe. And part of what we've done in this series is what's called comparative preaching. So we'll talk about what it is that we believe, but also what we don't believe. This is what we believe as a church, that prayer is a one-way conversation with God. Did you hear me this morning? Prayer is a one-way conversation with God. We are not co-equals with God. When we pray, we, be, we come under his authority. We, we come under almighty God, and we understand that his ways are higher than our ways. And so we come to him in prayer. We have an opportunity to dump all of our problems. He wants them. We have an opportunity to dump all of our frustrations. Anything that's going on in our life, we can hand over to him, and he is ready and willing to listen to them and to receive them from us. See, one of the things that I did last year is I bought a road bike and I began going on the Macomb Orchard Trail and I would get up at either 5.30 or 6 in the morning. I'd try to get on the trail early when nobody else was out there, right? It was just me and the bunny rapids. 
And I'd get on the trail and I would just ride and I didn't have headphones, I didn't have music, I didn't have any of the other stuff. And I would just download to God. I would just spew out everything that was going on in my life, in my marriage, in my family, with the church, anything that I could think of. I would just download on that ride with, uh, with God. But here's the thing. I didn't get on my bike and think, okay, well now God's going to speak to me or somehow I'm going to hear God's audible voice. We actually don't believe that as a church. We believe that a conversation with God is us talking to God, not God talking to us. In fact, if we pray for additional proof that God is present, if we're asking for him for more than what he's already given us in his word, we're, we're actually praying from a place of doubt and not faith because we believe that God speaks to us through his word. And this is the power that has the power to transform our lives that God speaks to us. So everything that he's given us that we need to know for life is found in the pages of these writings. This is the word of God. It's living and active. This is what's power, powerful for us in our lives today. And so often I think what happens is prayer can sometimes become this complicated thing. And sometimes people think that it has to be like this secret formula or you have to get things just right. And if you don't, think, if you don't pray just right or you know, line up everything, then God's not gonna hear you or God's gonna be distant or that God doesn't care. Or maybe we'll hear somebody else pray and they're really good in our opinion of praying, right? And they're like, wow, they're really, really good at, at praying. And so we get intimidated by that and so then we, get, we kind of shy off and we don't enter into relationship and into praying to our heavenly Father. But yet he invites us all in into relationship with him. And maybe you're here this morning, you're saying, well, what about when it comes to meditating on God's word? Doesn't there scriptures that talk about meditating on God? And how do we do that? How is it that that takes place? And what's so interesting is that all the scriptures on meditation talk about meditating on God's written word, that we delight in the law of the Lord, that we meditate on God's word day and night, that we meditate and the word is on his precepts, it's his word, that we hide God's word in our heart that we won't sin against him. Again, God speaks to us through his word. The second thing that happens in prayer when we come to our God in prayer is that our will is actually aligned with God's perfect will. We don't go to God in prayer because we're trying to twist his arm or manipulate God or get God to do things the way that we want him to do it. And sometimes we get that mindset. I don't know why, but look at what it says in Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Right? We got to all admit, we don't have it all together. We're all weak. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. That's interesting, right? But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is really important. We don't know what to pray for as we should. That's what the Bible just told you. You're like, wait a second here. What do you mean? I can't go through a bunch of prayer training and receive all this stuff and, and eventually arrive at a certain point. No, really, truly, the Bible's saying we don't really know what to pray for as we should because God sees things from a different perspective. And even sometimes with our best intentions and maybe we're praying into a situation and we think, okay, God, well, if you just do this and you do this and you do it in this time frame and you do it exactly like this, it'll all work out. Trust me, God, I got it all figured out for you. And God's saying, wait a second, that's not how it works. You don't know what to pray for as you should because you can't see things from the vantage point. You can't see things from the angles. You can't see the other people's hearts that maybe you're praying for that I can. And so you just need to turn that over to me. You need to pray for them and let me be God and you be my creation. 
That's what he asks us. This is encouraging for us to know. And I know so often that's what happens when you talk about prayer. Some people can get so just, in, just discouraged by it and fearful of it, or they feel like they're just not qualified. And if anything else today, what I'm hoping you leave knowing today is that you are so loved by God that he invites you into this relationship with him. In fact, one of the small groups that I was a part of several years ago was the first one that I was ever in. We were all um, just, we all had infants. So we just started this group. And so one of the couples came in. They'd only been with our group for a couple months. And uh, here we are, we would get together. We would, you know, the group leader would open in prayer. We'd watch our 20-minute DVD. And then we would do popcorn prayer at the end, which is just anybody who wants to pray. No, you don't have to pray. No pressure can pray. And so a couple people would pray. And then we would always go and have dessert. Because any good house church always has dessert after their Bible study. Amen. That's why you all should join small group, amen? All right? And so uh, on this particular group meeting, our, our small group leader actually got sick. And so she couldn't be there, and so there was this messaging going on. And so the house that it was at was actually this young dad who had just started in our group. And so he drove to her house, got the DVD, came back, and we're all in his living room. We're all like, okay, well, normally the house church leader starts in prayer. Who's going to start in prayer? And he goes, yeah, I guess she's not here, so I guess I'll just pray. And I'm telling you this, he prayed one of the most beautiful, heartfelt, amazing prayers I have ever heard in my life. And it went something like this. He said, okay, God, we're about to start. And you know who, who's here, I think. And this is Joel, by the way. And just be with us and bless our time together. Amen. And it was awesome. It was powerful. It was, it, was so, it was so cool to watch this young dad for the very first time step out in faith and pray. In fact, later on while we were eating dessert, I saw his wife talking to my wife and I saw her eyes welling up. And later on in the ride home, Lisa told me, she said the reason her eyes were welling up is because that was the first time in all of the years that they were married and were dating that she ever heard him pray out loud. Here's the thing, there is not some system to this that God listens to prayers of some people and not to the prayers of others. He listens to the prayers of everyone. Our job is just to come to him with a humble heart to lay our request before him and watch what he does in and through our lives. Again, we don't know what to pray for as we should. And today, at the end of the service, you're going to meet our new prayer coordinator, Lynn Zuzanik. And I asked her, I said, you know the topic that we're talking about this Sunday. If you, if you would want me to say one thing to our church, what's that one thing that you would want our church to know? And this is what she said. She said that she would want, she said, I would want our church to know that God listens and cares as much about my prayers as he does everyone else. Even though I've been doing this prayer thing for a long time, I've studied prayer, I've done all this, I just would want our church to know he listens and he cares for our prayers for our prayers and our concerns. So again, we don't have to get caught up trying to do anything other than that. Think about it. Think about the kids that you've raised, right? Or the kids that you have in your lives. Imagine this. Imagine your two-year-old comes to you, right? And they say to you, they say, listen, you know, you're doing kind of a good job being a mom and dad or a grandma and grandpa, but I've been thinking this week and I kind of wrote a list and I have some ideas of how you could kind of step it up, be a little bit better mom and dad, right? And so here's a list and here it is for this week and next week we'll meet again, we'll review it, maybe I'll give you some new things for next week that you can work on, right? No two-year-old does that, do they? Has anyone had their two-year-old do that? No? Then why do we do that with God? 
Why do we try to force his hand? Why do we try to put ourselves in his situation? Why do we think that we need to line things up for him when he's already lined everything up for us? It's the same way, I want you to think about it like this. Maybe your kid gets a little bit older. Maybe they're now five or six and they come to you and something happened to them. They're just so distraught. Maybe, maybe there's this crisis in their life and they're just crying and they're, and they're breathing really heavily and they can barely get their words out and you're just, you know, as a parent or a grandparent or uncle or aunt, you're just like, okay, tell me what happened. Okay, tell me what's wrong. Tell me how I can help. Tell me this, tell me that. And they're pouring their heart out to you and they get to the end of trying to explain it in their own words and they're not even making any sense and you just look at them and this is what you say. You know, honestly, your sentence structure was really terrible. And your grammar, your grammar was a little bit off and you should have used this word instead of this word. So guess what? You go and you know, get a hold of yourself and come back and then maybe I can help you then. That's not how it works, is it? When we cry out to Abba, Father, when we cry out to our parents, what do they do? They scoop us up in their arms and they say, you know what, even if I don't understand, I understand because I'm God. But even as parents, if we don't understand, God understands and we love them and we nurture them and we tell them that it's gonna be okay. Because here's the reality for you and for me this morning is that when we pray, we can pray with confidence that God actually hears our prayers and do you, you know how I know that he hears our prayers? Because his word tells us that he hears our prayers over and over again. In fact, he gives us this promise in the text this morning in, in, in verse 28. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Because here really is the good news for you and for me today. As children of God, we live under the cross and no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, we can always look to the cross and we can always see what Jesus has already done for us. The, pi the price that he has paid for your sins and for my sins and how he has prepared everything for us. When we look to the cross, we are reminded that God has in fact defeated everything for us. He wins and because God wins, we win. And guess what else? We can actually give thanks today knowing God's kingdom will come even if we don't pray, even when we screwed up, even when we get it wrong, even when we don't do what we're supposed to do, that us, it's not contingent on us as fallen sinners. And that's good news for us. It's by his grace and his mercy, and it's by his finished work on the cross that you and I can even be here today. And he invites us into this life that he is. So here's my final challenge for us this morning, that we can pray with boldness. And we can pray with confidence because there's scriptures on this as well that we boldly go to the throne room of grace, that we, that we boldly go before our God with our request and that he hears us and that he delights being uh, in that relationship with us and hearing for them and hearing from us. You don't have to get stressed out or worried or feel that you're inadequate, that God loves you and that he's continuing to work on, on your behalf that today all of us can leave here, we can rest in that assurance, in that hope, that everything that we have is because of what Christ has done for us and that he has not abandoned us and that he has this insane amount of love for us and that he's gonna continue to work it out in our lives, amen? amen. And as I said, we didn't wanna end our service today without you getting a chance to meet our new uh, prayer coordinator who's gonna be overseeing all of our prayer ministries. And then there's actually even an opportunity to get to know about some of the things that happen here at Shepherd's Gate. You know, oftentimes prayer ministry can be the unsung hero of the church. They can kind of be the ones that are in the background. So will you please welcome Lynn Zuzanik as she comes at this time.
And I love this lady right here. She's uh, been part of our church for 18 years. She's been part of prayer ministry for 18 years. And she's served all different roles in all different areas. And now that you're going to kind of oversee the whole area, we're just super excited about that. We know that God's going to work powerfully through you. And I want to invite up at this time, if you are part, I know this is the 1130 service, so this might be a stretch. But if you're part of the pre-service prayer team, I'm pretty sure they probably all went home. Or you're one of the prayer partners that come up uh, right after the services to pray with people. Or you receive the weekly prayer list. So you're praying for our congregation each and every week. If you would come up at this time and just join us up here, we would love to have you do that. Can we give them a hand as they're coming? Now, here's the cool thing is that obviously with Lynn taking this on and it gives us an opportunity to kind of reevaluate and look at things, that um, if you're interested in learning more about prayer, if you're interested in being a prayer partner, if you're interested in getting here at 7.30, I said to the 8.30, I said, you're probably the only group that this is going to work on. Uh, but, if you're, but, but if you want to receive even the weekly prayer list that we send out every week uh, that Lynn sends out, there's a card that the ushers gave you. I would just encourage you to grab that check those boxes off and, uh, and hand it to an usher on the way out and Lynn will be in contact with you this week. But what we're going to do, how we're going to close our services, Lynn is actually going to pray us out this morning and uh, we're just going to go to God in prayer. So you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. Abba, Father, we love you, and we praise your name, and we thank you so much for having gathered these people here at this time in this church as, a, as your people. And we do ask you, Lord, that you will lead and that you will guide us into this future of hope that you have planned for us, and that you will be at the, at the reins, and then you will be orchestrating everything that you would like to happen and that you will just be with us and that you will just continue to show us that you are present and that you do hear our prayers. And Lord, we want to pray um, the prayers over the needs of the church. Um, first of all, we want to celebrate the wedding of Nathan Jeffrey and Lindsay Storson this weekend. Thank you for that and bless their marriage, Lord. We pray for those who are hospitalized or had surgeries or are ill at home. Pray for Tricia Allen, Kathy Anderson, Beth Babbitt, Brian Benning, Tom DeVood, Jim Diotti, Colin Langdon, Mike Masolia, John O'Hara, Elaine Scheibel, Tom Shippert, Steve Samanko, and Art White. And now let's join together in the um, prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Will you please stand and uh, receive the blessing of our Lord this morning. Can we give them a hand again this morning? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. 
And now together we're going to sing this closing song, which is actually a song and a prayer kind of combined together. So let's just respond to our God with this song and prayer.